This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It's great to be with you this morning. And, you know, I'm a big proponent in, uh, in the power of plants, but sometimes plants are not uh, safe for human consumption. And so really great to have Dr. Charles Ray today and Glenn Lotzenheiser uh, to talk about uh, cra- Kratom. Kratom. Kratom, which is a plant substance that uh, is caused some uh, harm to human beings and uh, is currently legal in Mississippi. So good morning to our guests. Good morning to you. On behalf of our task force, we thank you for the invitation. Pleased to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And and so could you please tell us uh, a, uh, a little bit about why you're interested in Kratom, how you got interested in Kratom? About a year and a half ago, uh, we formed a group in Columbus. It was called the Crime and Addiction Task Force of Lowndes County. And before we set any goals and objectives, I asked the task force to have some people come in and make presentations to us. We had many people come in over about a three-month period to make presentations. And one night, we were in the grand jury room of the Lowndes County Courthouse. And a longtime agent for the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics made about an hour, hour and a half presentation. And in that presentation, he told the task force, you need to be aware of and understand the dangers of Kratom. None of us have even heard of it. And that's what we've run into in going around the state. So many people just don't know anything about it. The technical name of it is Metriaga Speciosa, but most people call it Kratom. It's sold in various forms, but it's highly dangerous. It's destroying lives, it's destroying families, it's killing people, uh, and it's causing families and individuals to spend enormous sums of money that they cannot afford. Uh, We've had in the last year or so in Mississippi 14 people that have died from Kratom overdose deaths, and it is killing people not only here but around the country. And we also have Dr. Charles Ray. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got interested in Kratom as well? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the, uh, my interest in Kratom started about a year and a half ago, about the same time, uh, when I was, uh, uh, like most people uh, in the United States, and had never heard of Kratom. Uh, and uh, I was approached, uh, uh, of all things, at a Halloween carnival by at least a half a dozen uh, uh, concerned parents uh, with uh, Uh, questions uh, about what is this new drug Kratom that we understand our children are taking at school. Uh, And I don't think that any of the children that that they were with were actually taking it, but but apparently the whole uh, football team from one of the local uh, uh, schools were uh, uh, taking Kratom prior to football uh, games as a uh, as some type of performance stimulator, and uh, I don't think they knew anything about it either. But uh, uh, kids will believe anything, and uh, that uh, incited a lot of interest among the parents uh, and among the students. And uh, so when they presented it to me, I responded by, "Well, I'm sorry, I've never heard of it before." And at that point in time, I started looking into it, doing 
some uh, research on my own, and about that, uh, uh, about the same time or shortly thereafter, I was asked to join the uh, Crime and Addiction Task Force, and uh, this was uh, identified as an area of concern, and so uh, uh, I ended up uh, 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 becoming the. Uh, the local guy who'd be willing to stand up and and, and talk about it from a medical standpoint, and uh, so that that was my uh, uh, how I got involved. Well, it's great to have you both here. And as I understand, we already have a call. We do. This morning, we're talking about the unregulated but not illegal herbal compound kratom and an attempt to maybe get it banned or regulated. We're going to go to Tupelo, and Ryan has called in. Ryan, thank you for being part of our show. What's your question or comment? Um, Yeah, I have some questions and comments. Um, I know there's a bill coming up, a spending bill, that has an attachment for kratom to be made a Schedule One substance on it. Um, I definitely question that. There's several states, including Georgia um, and Utah, that have passed the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, which actually uh, makes Kratom not available to minors under 18, as some of the task force and doctors have said is a you know, problem. It's kind of like Sudafed. You, know, you, you don't sell it to a minor. Um, we don't need it in a gas station, but it's medicine. We don't need to keep it from the general public just because people don't understand or because some minors have got a hold of it um, or somebody being irresponsible. Um, I just wonder if our lawmakers would you know, consider in a time when we're about to vote for medical marijuana to go through keeping a, a natural botanical plant legal for adults to use um, rather than going down this same hole of where we've been with, obviously, with medical marijuana now coming back to Mississippi, um, how many years the patients have had to miss out on it because of misinformation campaigns and scare campaigns when really it just needs to be regulated properly like, a, like the medicine it is. And, um, I'm just wondering, you know, if it's... If that uh, could happen with Kratom. Also, the 14 deaths that have been mentioned, we've seen several reports uh, with the American Kratom Association um, and other botanical defense um, education groups. And so far, there's not been one um, Kratom death fully attributed to Kratom. There's usually multiple other substances on board with the autopsies that have been uh, released by these groups. Um, most of the time, if you take Kratom in excess of 10 grams, it's actually a crushed leaf, no process to it, just a tree leaf. You throw up just like you would if you eat grass. And there's not really a way to, to overdose you know, when you're going to just throw it up and go to bed. So I think there's a lot of misinformation being spread and that our lawmakers should really take, um, you know, a look at some of the other sides of the science and kind of our our progressive ways towards botanical medicine that we're already going before we take medicine away that is um, keeping people at work and keeping families together because people are able to work and not being torn apart by opiates and the opiate epidemic. Um, This kratom does not have the withdrawal symptoms or the abuse potential that opiates have. 
um, that doesn't have the side effects, much more natural. I know thousands of Americans are using it that have debilitating diseases from MS to, you know, post-surgeries, um, veterans. Uh, there's lots of people benefiting. And, and you make some great points, Andrea, but it, it is only an hour show. And <laughs> so we want to give our guests an opportunity to, to respond. And, you know, uh, and so uh, how, how would you respond to that? All right, l- let me share a personal story. I know the statement was made that when people die of a kratom overdose death, it's not kratom alone. I got a call about a year ago from one of the Dallas Metroplex counties. The gentleman who called me just out of the blue uh, told me, Glenn, you are the first person that I have reached out to. But he said, let me share my story with you. He said, I was in charge of technology for 10 years for one of the counties in the Dallas Metroplex area. Now I'm in private practice in the field of technology. And he said, about a year and a half ago, my son and I had planned to go to the movie. We agreed to go to the late show, and I went over at the appropriate time. He was not there. So I went over to his apartment complex, saw his car was there, and I figured that he had just fallen asleep. Didn't think anything about it. And he said, I went home, and at 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I just had the sense that something was wrong. So I went over to his apartment complex, knocked on the door. He did not answer so I woke up the apartment manager and got a ladder because his apartment was on the second floor. And I climbed up to the landing, broke down the door, and I found my precious 24-year-old son dead. Now, he sent the toxicology report to us. And Dr. Ray has looked at it, and there was nothing in that young man's system except kratom. There was no heroin. There was no cocaine. There was no methamphetamines. There was no marijuana. It was 100% kratom. Now, a lot of people who take drugs will take Kratom along with something else. We are aware of that. But there have been a number of deaths uh, involving Kratom and Kratom alone. I know Dr. Ray has done some research, and he can speak more directly to that than I can. Dr. Ray, you want to? Okay. Uh, yes, sir. I'd like to just – I've got a couple of comments. Uh, I, uh, uh, concerning uh, the fact that, that – that kratom is safe and it and, and you can't get uh, you can't overdose from it and you can't uh, uh, and it doesn't cause addiction and and quite frankly those uh, comments are false. Uh, the uh, uh, and and I'll refer to a recent study uh, that was published by the uh, uh, Centers for Disease Control uh, and in that study uh, they looked at uh, uh, it reports from uh, uh, 27 states uh, and uh, of, uh, in which the uh, medical examiners examined the, the, uh, uh, the decedents uh, uh, and, uh, and found that uh, and, and, in, and found 152 of those patients actually tested positive for kratom. Now, uh, of those 152, they didn't all die of a crater overdose, but it was the uh, but based on the toxicology, and also on the uh, opinion of the uh, medical examiners, 91 of these people kratom was determined to be the primary cause of death, and in seven patients, kratom was the only drug that was identified. There was nothing else. <coughs> Uh, 80% of those patients uh, had a history of uh, previous uh, drug abuse, and, uh, and 
90% were not under any medical supervision for pain and addiction. Well, thank you. And I think I know, Liz, I know that we need to take a break now, but uh, we can uh, get back to those comments uh, after the break. Ryan, we're very glad that you called in with your questions and your comments. I try to put as many factual links on our show's webpage, on our podcast as we can. I'll look for that CDC study that Dr. Charles Ray mentioned. I'll look into the putting a link to the Georgia law. I'll look into putting a link to the American Creighton Association. We're going to continue our discussion of Kratom after the break. What does the FDA have to say about Kratom? We'll tell you in a bit. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to In Legal Terms. You can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows, and on whatever podcasting platform you choose for your smart device. I'm Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is warning consumers not to use Kratom. The FDA is concerned that Kratom, which affects the same opioid brain receptors as morphine, appears to have properties that expose users to the risk of addiction, abuse, and dependence. We'll have a link to that on our website. We also just got an email from... Uh, Nancy, it's from the John Hopkins Medicine Newsroom. On January 31st, they had a news released that said natural herb cretin may have therapeutic effects and relatively low potential for abuse or harm, harm, according to a user survey. Researchers say findings underscore need for research and regulation, but not an outright ban on sales. We'll have a link to that on this show's webpage and podcast page. We're talking about how our officials are notified of possible threats to Mississippians, specifically the compound Kratom. Our guests today are concerned with Spreading the message that they feel that Kratom is a potentially dangerous 
substance, and they've been contacting uh, legislatures and counties uh, in the attempt to get it banned. Our guests are Glenn Lotzenhauser and Dr. Charles Ray. Uh, real quickly, one more time, Dr. Ray, give us a one sentence, what is Kratom? Uh, Kratom is a uh, botanical compound from Southeast Asia uh, uh, that has been uh, uh, that has uh, uh, psychoactive uh, and narcotic opioid type activities uh, and uh, it has been uh, uh, brought into the United States and and basically is sold without restrictions, and uh, uh, it is uh, uh, most of the general public and even medical professionals uh, may ne- may have never heard of it. Uh, it's been uh, uh, touted by some people as a new wonder drug for the treatment of opioid addiction, and by other people it's been uh, called the new legal way to get high. Uh, it's uh, uh, it is of concern because it is associated with drug addiction, drug overdoses, and even in some cases death. And yet it's sold uh, over the internet and in gas stations and smoke shops uh, with without restriction. Let me add something. Uh, this is not totally a legal uh, substance. It's been banned in six states, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Wisconsin, uh, Vermont, and Indiana. It's been banned in 16 foreign countries. It's been banned in Sarasota, Florida, San Diego County, California, City of Illinois. And we have gotten it, along with others, have gotten it banned in 39 governmental entities in Mississippi. Uh, 12 counties and 29 cities. When we started, there were only two governmental entities, and we're now up to 39. But there's a lot more that needs to be done. This just has no place in anybody's community. Uh, It's been banned by the United States Air Force. It's been banned by the United States Army. The Drug Enforcement Administration, the FDA, have taken a strong stand against it. The Mississippi Medical Association, the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, and it just is something that is so dangerous and so destructive. It's just real, literally has destroyed lives and families throughout Mississippi. And, and well, Glenn, I, I have to ask a question. Um, we talked a little bit about this during the break. If you make it illegal, or you, you, it's one thing to ban it, and it's one thing to say it can't be sold, and that mm-hmm. someone who sells it uh, could could have uh, be prosecuted criminally, but. Would your idea to also be criminalize it for users? Because that that seems to be part of the problem we're having with our our uh, system right now. Our, our prison system is over overcrowded with people who are uh, been arrested on drug crimes, and uh, and shouldn't we be treating that as as a, a disease, as you know, addiction as a disease as opposed to a crime? Well, kratom is a narcotic, plain and simple. There is one element in kratom that is 13 times more powerful than morphine. And basically, as I said, for those cities and those counties that have not banned it, any man, woman, boy, or girl can go into a convenience store or gas station and buy an unlimited amount of a morphine equivalent. We just don't think that people ought to have their medical needs satisfied at the gas station or at the convenience store. 
I, I don't disagree with that, but if you, I guess my question would be: Would you, if you make use of kratom, if you ban kratom, would someone who used it be subject to criminal prosecution? Then? Well, based, based on the ordinance that we have presented to the cities and counties that we have spoken to, it's a misdemeanor, and it would carry with it up to a thousand dollar fine and a six-month jail term. Now, the cities and counties are certainly free to modify that, but ironically, as I said, the or- there are several different ordinances that we have seen throughout the state, but the one that we think is the best and most comprehensive is the one that the Oxford, Mississippi, uh, Mayor and City Council passed. So that is the one that we're sending to everybody. Uh, there is some consequences to it, but again, this is just so dangerous. We've got to have, as I said, something, as I said, that people understand, as I said, that it's just so highly dangerous and destructive. I, mean, I, I have so many stories, and I wish I could share all of them with you, but uh, I have not had anybody that has come to me and said uh, that this is something that's helped their family. You know, we, we talk about drug regulation, and we've seen with uh, cannabis, for example, that some states have passed laws, even though it's still a Schedule One yeah. drug federally. Is this something that has to be done at the, the federal level? Well, uh, it, it has been, again, I mentioned those that have banned it. Some states have banned it. A number of municipalities have banned it. I think there's a renewed interest at the federal level uh, because of the pronouncements of the DEA and the FDA. Uh, Dr. Ray and I will also be talking to people on the federal level uh, because we just think this is so, so dangerous and so destructive that we need to reach out to as many people as we can and share our story. Dr. Ray, do you think uh, this is something that uh, should be medically treated, though, as an addiction or legally treated as a crime? or what? Well, uh, that's, uh, I think those are valid points, and I, I think it's hard to draw the line some, uh, sometimes. If you uh, eliminate this from your, uh, from your state or from your communities, then uh, there's you don't have to deal with it uh, uh, by legal terms. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to, to, uh, to comment about this uh, just for uh, shortly, the, uh, and uh, I think it's, it, this makes it a little easier to understand. It's, this is not an argument about whether or not uh, uh, Kratom should be available for people to use for pain or for uh, opioid abuse syndrome, but uh, uh, it goes much further than that. Uh, The United States has the most advanced public health uh, uh, and pharmaceutical system in the world, Uh, not necessarily the cheapest. Uh, In uh, uh, these drugs, uh, well, uh, drugs that are used for the treatment of any medical problem, uh, whether it's an illness or an injury or, or some type of medical condition, have to be extensively evaluated uh, uh, and uh, uh, to ensure that these drugs are both safe and effective. Uh, any drug used by physicians has to be, uh, and, and to have prescriptions written for it, uh, including pain medicine uh, uh, particularly, has to be proven to be safe for the patients and medically effective for what they say it is. Uh, And uh, this is actually the law. Uh, The FDA has been charged with 
with evaluating these drugs. The problem with Kratom is uh, that uh, from the standpoint of the FDA is uh, the proponents and the people who are marketing and producing and, and producing these things and making uh, uh, and making large profits from it, as it seems, uh, they want these things not placed on any schedule or not made illegal. Uh, but quite frankly, they're re- requesting that it be used to treat opioid addiction, to be used as an alternative to opioids and other other medications. And uh, and those things are illegal according to our laws, and that's the reason that the FDA has gotten uh, uh, so concerned about this. These, these drugs are being marketed for things that they've not been approved to do. Thank you. I mean, this is, this is a great conversation. I know, Liz, it's about break time, so uh, we'll be excited to continue this after break. We're talking with guests Glenn Lutzenhauser and Dr. Charles Ray about Kratom. Our legislature is currently in session. We'll tell you about Senate Bill 2084 when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert, and we're pleased that our show is available live at 10 a.m. Central on MPB Think Radio, but it's also a podcast. There are many different podcasting platforms. I happen to like Podcast Addict, but you know, Jay Jay White, I think I'm going to switch to Stitcher because uh, Podcast Addict doesn't have that 30-second forward or backward that some of the other podcasting platforms have. That's essential. you got to have the skip forward. Okay. <laughs> or, the, or the play at a faster speed. That's oh, excellent also. It'd make people sound like chipmunks or something. I don't know about that. But uh, if you, you download a podcast platform to your phone, you can touch the plus. That'll take you to the page to search for podcasts. Then you just type in the name of your show in legal terms, or maybe you want to browse through how-to, browse through government. Um, you can can find the page that has the podcasts it'll show our picture and you just touch on the photo to access our past shows i mentioned senate bill 2084 that is an act to amend section 41-29-113 mississippi code of 1972 to add kratom to the list of schedule one controlled substances the principal author is senator Chuck Younger from Columbus, Mississippi. This morning, we're talking about the substance Kratom with our guests, Glenn Lotzenhauser and Dr. Charles Ray. And we have four calls waiting uh, to be part of the show. Um, Real quick question uh, for 
uh, Glenn Lotzenhauser, you mentioned you were part of the Substance Abuse Task Force. What was your day job before you retired? Well, it, the technical name is the Crime and Addiction Task Force of Lowndes County. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a corporate risk manager. And I handled the litigation on behalf of the corporation throughout the United States. I handled the contract review, uh, credit extension, bonding, uh, insurance, things of that nature. Okay. I, I worked with many attorneys uh, throughout the country and even abroad as well. And Dr. Charles Ray is a physician, so neither of you are actually policemen. No. No. Okay. Now, the second question I had, uh, and since I'm the host, I get to ask whatever I want. Um, if I'm not saying I'm going to walk into a convenience store or order it over the Internet, but what does it look like? What What is this thing? If I'm a mama and I'm concerned about my high school football player son, what does this look like? Well, it, it comes in several different forms. It comes in a liquid form. You can get it in pills. You can get it in powder. You can get the leaves. I think the pills and the liquid are probably the two most popular ones, and it's marketed under a number of different names. K-Shots is one, uh, but it's probably 10 or 15 different names that it's marketing under. Uh, but, again, it's just so dangerous. i just like to, to share something with you. I had a lady from a central Mississippi uh, county that reached out to me last year. And she said, my husband does not want me to talk with you, but I'm going to talk to you anyway. He was on opioids for a number of years. Somebody told him about Kratom, and so he dropped his opioids and switched to Kratom. And she said within two months of getting on Kratom, he was having anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And he was going to the convenience store every other day buying this stuff and spending money that we as our family could not afford. All right. Well, let's. We've got quite a number of phone calls. Let's first go to David in Gulfport. David, thank you so much for being part of our show today. What's your comment or question? Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much for taking my call. I thoroughly enjoy MPV. Long time listener. Yes, ma'am. I am 63, and I had about a 16 year addiction to hydrocodone. And uh, I am a veteran. And. Um, uh, I tried to get off of the hydrocodone after falling and getting an injury and ultimately didn't realize that it was going to turn into an addiction. But I did find Kratom about two and a half years ago, and I took it for about nine months. I found it in the powder form, and I took it like a like you would maybe a teaspoon a day and stuff like that. And I think and, – and I have been uh, – uh, about two years clean now, and uh, I did try the suboxone program. I did, I went through many of times of being dope sick, and ultimately for me, it proved to be a valuable tool. And I just don't understand these ideas of of blocking stuff to make you know it saved my life. I had open heart surgery on a Monday, and on a Friday, I had my drug dealer bringing me. 38 milligram 10 milligram hydrocodone pills to the to the hospital before I got discharged so I could continue with my hydrocodone addiction afterward I'm just saying for, for 
maybe for a lot of people there might for some people there might be horror stories out there i'm just saying on on behalf of those of us that have found it a valuable tool it saved my life david we're so thankful that you shared your story we appreciate hearing from your comment thank you very much let's now go to bolton and tim has called in tim thanks for being a part in of in legal terms what's your comment or question Uh, Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Yes, I just wanted to know where um, some of the information that's been said comes from. Like, uh, one of the comments was that Kratom was 16 times more powerful than morphine. Um, I'm actually... Tim, we lost you there for a minute. You're what? uh, One of the comments was that Kratom was 16 times more powerful than morphine. Um, Actually, it was 13 times, not 16, if I could clarify that. Okay, 13 times, I'm sorry. But where do you get this information from? Um, Is is this from a scientific lab? Because I've been taking Kratom for a couple of years, and just to be clear, I've I've never been a drug addict or anything else. I found it as an alternative to help with my medical issues. But it does not make me high whatsoever um in fact the only thing that i can tell from taking it is that i have less pain um but but that's the only effect that i can tell from actually taking it thank you tim um so uh glenn lotzenhauser you did mention the 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 ingredients were 13 times more powerful than morphine do you know what study or uh, can i have a, a link to that to put on our website well, I first heard it from the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics uh, when they made their presentation to us in the grand jury room of the Lowndes County Courthouse. I know that Dr. Ray has looked at this from a technical and medical perspective, and I'm going to defer to him as to the source. But I've heard it from a number of people, but I think I first heard it from the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. Uh, and likewise, that's where I uh, have heard this, but I've also seen it uh, uh, written in print, uh, I can find out exactly uh, what article that came from, but uh, uh, among other places that uh, I've seen that written is, uh, is if you look on Wikipedia, it's got a large uh, uh, just general discussion about Kratom, and that's one of the, uh, uh, one of the things that they mentioned uh, uh, when trying to compare that. Uh, let me just, uh, uh, ha- I'll have this, just a little comment about this, and then I be- believe that it might uh, uh, erase some uh, uh, concerns or some issues. Uh, uh, as we said, uh, that Kratom is a complex uh, a plant. Uh, it's got some, some 50 different compounds uh, uh, within the uh, leaves uh, uh, over the uh, over 30 of these compounds are, are alkaloids, which are biologically uh, 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 sensitive uh, compounds. M- many of our drugs that we take every day uh, for medical purposes are alkaloids. Uh, this is a certain class of organic compound. Uh, uh, but Kratom is unique in that uh, uh, there are... Ten different uh, genuses of of, uh, of the uh, of Mitragyna, but the Mitragyna speciosa uh, 
that they've discussed is the only one with psychoactive properties. Uh, and uh, it, it has got two uh, uh, compounds within that which are alkaloids, and one is mitragynine, and the other, and that's the one that uh, I think that they were referring to that is 13 times more potent than morphine. But the other drug that uh, is in Kratom that is also psychoactive is something called 7-hydroxymitragynine. And it only comprises anywhere from uh, 0.2 to 2% of the plant, but it's even substantially more potent than that. that uh, uh, That is important, and I'm going to refer back to that in just a second. Uh, the uh, the way kratom works is that uh, uh, kratom uh, acts on the uh, uh, pleasure reward anticipation pathways in the brain, uh, and and the way this happens is when you take it orally, it, get, it passes through the bloodstream and it attaches to the opioid receptors. Uh, in the midbrain, causing the release of a uh, of a neurotransmitter called dopamine. Now, this is, uh, and I'm not going to try to uh, bore you or get too complicated with this. But this dopamine that they refer to is uh, uh, is the body's uh, uh, excitability and feel good medicine. This is also the reason. That, uh, that it is effective in alleviating pain. This is the same mechanism of action that happens when somebody takes an opioid. It goes to the brain. It attaches to the opioid receptors, just like the opioids do. It causes the release of dopamine, just like the opioids do. Uh, and for that reason, it alleviates pain. That's also the compound which causes the euphoria and, uh, and so many of the side effects, uh, and uh, uh, that's the reason that the pain is being released. Uh, Kratom's not magic. Uh, it is just another mechanism that people use to cause the brain to release the opioids, which which is the key reason why this, why Kratom works. Okay, Dr. Ray, we're going to need to to take another quick break. Uh, We are glad to talk with Christy, Ronnie, and Ronald. Hold on for us with just a moment. We've been talking about how bills are created and passed and with our guests who are looking to have the substance Kratom banned in Mississippi. Tim, we appreciate you calling in. We will look for that uh, Mississippi Bureau of Necrotics, Narcotics Report and have that on our webpage. If you would like to watch our legislators at work, we'll tell you how you can when we come back. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft 
and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Thank you for being a part of In Legal Terms. Now, don't forget the ways that you can hear our show live on MPB Think Radio on Tuesday mornings, recordings at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org, or on the MPB Public Media app. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Remember that during the legislative sessions where we are right now, visitors can view the Senate and House of Representatives from their respective galleries. The public galleries are accessible from the fourth floor of the Capitol, and visitors are asked to silence any electronic devices while in the galleries and not to take photographs. We're talking with guests Glenn Lotzenhauser and Dr. Charles Ray this morning. They're two individuals who have been speaking with lawmakers about getting the drug, the getting the herbal compound uh, kratom is scheduled as a uh, amended to add it to the schedule of controlled substances but we're taking your phone calls we have four calls so let's see if we can get these through through the hour let's go to christine who's calling from north mississippi christine thank you for being part of our show today go ahead um, hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, God, where to start? Uh, 13 times more potent than morphine. That's That really has to be dangerous. Um, and I, I think that the last caller was on point about where is the data um, from the uh, deaths that have been associated with Kratom, because certainly if it's that strong, surely there have been some deaths. And the um, the answers, I guess I heard from Mr. Glenn and Mr. Charles when asked about where is this information coming from, what I heard was from Wikipedia, and you've also seen some written in print. So I went to Wikipedia, and what I found was that in the past um, – from 2011 to 2017, there was over 700,000 deaths associated with prescription opioids. But in 2011 to 2017, associated deaths with Kratom is 44. And no, it's, it's not magic. But have you had have you taken it yourself and you know what you're speaking of? And I just think that there is a place in medicine for this. Uh, And I just don't think anyone who has people's best interest at heart can deny that. Thank you. Thank you, Christy, for uh, calling in. Uh, Dr. Ray and Glenn Lautenhauser, have either of you tried Kratom? No, and I don't intend to. That I, I, I don't. I, I'm an FDA kind of gal. I don't. I don't know that I would try it personally myself. Let's go to Pascagoula and speak with Ronnie. Ronnie, thank you for holding on. Uh, we'd like to hear your comment or question. Okay, um, they're talking about how unsafe kratom is. It seems like the authorities that be want to take away anything. I mean, anything that can help people get off opiates. Um, why not legalize marijuana? You cannot overdose on marijuana. There is no way possible. And the Kratom, 
I have never seen anything about deaths on the Internet associated with Kratom. But it does seem like the powers that be want to make sure that the addicts cannot get off of the drugs unless they're locked up in a cell and they could die that way. I mean, opioid, if you're taking a lot and you just quit, your heart can take it, you know? And it's it's like they, in Mississippi, there is no help unless you are absolutely rich or you know somebody. And that's from North Mississippi to South Mississippi. All right, Ronnie, we appreciate your comments on that. We will look for as many uh, factual studies and actual statistics to have on our webpage for this show, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org, and also on the podcast. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Meridian, and Johnny has called in. Johnny, thank you so much for calling in to In Legal Terms. What's your comment or question? I, um, can you hear me? Uh, kind of. Speak up nice and loud. Okay, I, 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 wanted to call in. I wanted to say thanks to all the other callers, too, because uh, they answered a lot of the questions, had a lot of questions. Uh, Glenn mentioned he was representative of some corporations. I just wanted to know which corporations, some examples he is representing on this crusade. And I also wanted to ask the doctor how, uh, how often he prescribes opioids like oxycontin and oxycodone to his patients rather than herbal remedies thank you very much let me answer i am not representing any corporation i am the chairman of the crime and addiction task force of the Lowndes Community Foundation. So I represent no corporations. I'm not a doctor. I've never prescribed this. I think for me the bottom line is that this is, and I don't think there's any question about it, this is a morphine equivalent. And do we want people to go to the gas stations and the convenience stores to meet their medical needs? I don't really think so. And I think if people really understood that, they would not have any of the said uh, tolerance, as I said, for uh, Kratom being sold in the gas stations and convenience stores. All right. And Dr. Ray, do yes. you want to say, uh, say something? Yes, ma'am, I would like to. Uh, in reference to one of the previous callers, uh, I, had, I had just given her, uh, uh, she, uh, or they had said that they had not seen uh, anything in writing. Uh, I was not using the Wikipedia as a, as a medical reference. There, there are many uh, uh, recent papers uh, from the FDA, from the uh, from uh, uh, the uh, from se- uh, several poison uh, control uh, uh, agencies, uh, and as well as the CDC, which will talk to the uh, side effects and particularly deaths related to. Uh, 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 Kratom. Uh, I, I want to uh, uh, make this comment. And make it I quick because we only have I 45 seconds. I do feel that it's important for people to have their pain alleviated, but, you, but Kratom is such a Wild West type dr- drug. It comes from four or five different countries. It, uh, there's no standardization. There's no pharmaceutical control. And uh, 
uh, is there's no regulations concerning it, and and for that reason, it's not a medical grade thing. That's the reason doctors can't recommend it. I do think it probably works, and I think in the future, if uh, if people will go, if we will do the research, they'll find that the products in kratom may be modified to a point to actually uh, to this might be the new. Uh, uh, legal drug for pain as well as for uh, uh, for, for opioid use syndrome. All right. And well, and what a what a great show we've had today. We didn't. I didn't know we were going to be getting into this today. And I appreciate our guests, Glenn Lotzenhauser and Dr. Charles Ray, for being with us. We've just run out of time, though. This has been In Legal Terms. Our call screener today has been Java Chapman. Our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you can join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for MPB's In Legal Terms. And I will put as many uh, factual websites, links on this website. So email us in legal terms at legalterms at mpbonline.org for your information. Thank you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 